0: Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I am your host. And today I have a very, very special guest on. This lady's name is Jane Barlow Christensen. She is joining us from Utah, I think. I think we talked about that. Anyway, you're going to love this woman. She's amazing. Stay with us, but do me a favor, share this out. Let's get a bunch of people on here. Let's listen to Jane's story. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And we are back. Let me get Jane on here. Jane, welcome to the show. Thanks,
1: Ken. It's nice to be here.
0: It's great to have you here. Your amazing sister, Susan, referred you to me and said you've got to hear my, my sister's story. And I know I've talked to you now on the phone a couple of times. You're amazing, and I can't <laughs> wait to... Um, hear your story and your journey, and and anybody watching, please share this out. Share it out to everybody you know. Um, so, Jane, I started this about five years. It'll be five years on the 24th, actually, that I started this show, um, and it was literally to help people get unstuck in life. And I probably did it from a selfish perspective because at the time I was kind of stuck and I didn't know what to do, and I thought. You know, if I just interview people and listen to them talk about how they got unstuck, maybe something will help me get unstuck. And along the way, life happens and it all worked out. So um, let's let's start with you talking about where you were born and raised.
1: Well, so I was actually born in Utah and my parents met in college. They were going to BYU, um, which is Brigham Young University in yeah, okay. Provo, Utah. Yeah. And then when I was really young... Um, before i started school my my parents moved to idaho and that's where i spent all my childhood i graduated from high school there and um it was an amazing childhood it was you know i'm I'm second oldest of 14 kids which is always a a jaw dropper for most people 14. 14 yeah so my mom my mom had 11 and then my parents adopted three native american kids when they were they were all under the age of five, and they they were siblings as well. But we adopted them, and we grew up with them. So there's 14 of us total, and I'm number two, so I'm second oldest.
0: 14? Like did they? I, I'm assuming they didn't have a television.
1: Then. You know what? They did have a television, but I will tell you, when my parents oh. met, my mom told my dad that she wanted a dozen kids. That was what she told him when they were dating. Oh
0: and my! He was.
1: Lord. I mean, she always wanted to be a mother. Of a big family, that that was her mission, and you know what? L- looking back now, as a mother myself, and even a grandmother, yeah. Yeah. I think that is such a beautiful mission for for some women. I know that's not the thing for all women, but yeah, you know, motherhood, womanhood is it's such a joyous, beautiful thing. And you know, my mom embodied that. Um, yeah, and it was. I, I mean, I remember being a teenager because I'm second oldest and my parents would gather, gather us around and announce another pregnancy. And I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. There's 10 of us already. What are you guys doing? You know, it's, so that there was that piece. But then as you know, as we got older, um, we're all best friends. You know? I,
0: I, I cannot imagine walking. So they're going to
1: a restaurant. Like you didn't do that. 16 people. We didn't do that. We didn't go, we didn't go out to eat. Oh my gosh. How do you take 60? Well, and I, I got married really young. I was 18 and my mom was pregnant at my wedding. And oh then my gosh. So all the kids weren't born by the time I left the house. And then when I was pregnant with my second baby, my mom was pregnant with my youngest brother and my son and my brother are two months apart. So oh my. there's that dynamic. So yeah, you, it wasn't all of us at the same time because 14 is a lot and the span is a lot, but yeah, even then you just don't go out to dinner with that many kids.
0: What about vacation? Like (laughs) uh, we're okay. We got to book a hotel.
1: (laughs) You don't book one room. There's no way you don't stay in a hotel. And what you, what we did is, uh, so my dad had, I mean, we had several different kind of bigger vehicles, but never, never a van. We used to pile in on each other, but when we would when we would travel, it was mostly local stuff. Yeah. Like I never f- flew on an airplane until I was an adult. Um, but we would get in, my dad had this camper on the back of a truck and we would all, he would lay some foam mats down there and we'd put blankets and pillows and we would travel down from Idaho down to uh, California where my mom was from wow. and her parents lived there and her brothers and sisters. And so we would stay places there and we of course we would pile up and bunk up together and no we never stayed in a hotel ever 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 (laughs) wow yeah
0: how many okay how many bedrooms were in your house
1: your parents house well my mom and dad got creative like for the most part one bedroom uh would have two bunk beds in it yeah there'd be you know a kid on each on each bunk and then usually one or two little kids would be on each bottom bunk. Wow. So you just, you know what, you accommodate and you get close, you learn how to share, you learn how to communicate and be flexible. And, you know, the the skills that you get when you are in a family like that um, are really, really beautiful. And they take you into adulthood with skills that you don't get with just one or two siblings. And, you know, it was, I I have only memories that are beautiful.
0: You know, my grandmother on my father's side, um, I mean, my grandparents had, my dad is the oldest of seven boys, right? So that's like, you see that and you're like, geez, that's a lot of kids. And, And I remember saying to my grandmother, like, you had seven kids. That's crazy. And she would she would laugh and cackle. And she and I would have had seven more if I could have. You know, like I like it, it takes a special person. It really does.
1: Yeah. I, well, you know what? Things were. I mean, it's always you start to feel your age when you say things were simpler then. Yeah. But the right. Thing is, I think as modern humans we complicate things. But here's the thing, Ken. I think is so awesome. I do believe that with all the BS or whatever you want to say that's been happening the last three years. People are realizing the things that are really important. Yeah. And not everyone. I think there's still a lot of people who are in the process or are maybe there's not going to be an awakening for them, but um, I think that people are realizing what's really important and you know, we're kind of coming back, back to that. Some, not everyone, but I think enough, I think enough of us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, by the way, I got, I'm going to, I've never done this on a show, but I'm going to text your sister and get her to, to make sure she's in the comments. Like she, she needs to know that you're on here. Um, But so, so, so you went to high school and, and grade uh, grade school and everything in Idaho. Yeah. Were you in the like Boise area or. No, we
1: were uh, Pocatello just South, just South of Pocatello. So Boise you look at Idaho, there's a big part on the bottom that borders Utah yeah. and then there's a big there's a panhandle that goes yep. up to the Canadian border yeah and yep. Boise is on the the west side and Pocatello is on the east side
0: oh okay so, so if you're would, over by that's like over doesn't that border Oregon or or no
1: that's Boise that borders Oregon
0: oh so oh, you're on perhaps, the other
1: side mm-hmm. ah, I
0: got you. On the east side, you said? Yep. Yep, Oh, you know, I used to live in Seattle and I drove through like Coeur d'Alene a couple of times. That's at the top. That's in the Mm middle. It's unbelievably beautiful, by the way. It is beautiful. Oh my goodness. Um, So you grew up up there. Hold on. I'm texting your
1: sister. (laughs) she's she's actually with her son um out of town he's given a speech and she oh, that's right but oh. she knew she said she was available this time she was going to try to so you should text her to remind her I, it would be, I
0: i i just did that's right she told me in, yeah. in indiana i think or something and she um,
1: lives here in salt lake with me so we're yeah, we're, yeah. we're close and yeah. she's she's amazing as you know. she
0: is amazing i love susan yeah. so um <laughs> Here's my buddy James. I'm gonna. <laughs> he's in Connecticut. Like, thank you,
1: James. It seems like Ken doesn't need to have a mask. <laughs> good,
0: good call, James. Stop it! I can hit a golf ball all the way across your state, so don't even start. So, oh, so... my husband's gonna have to give you a run for your money in the golf. The golf. Hey, hey, he's in Connecticut. It's like a. <laughs> it's tiny, but anyway. So. Um, so you grew up, and and by the way, I've been up through there, and it's just gorgeous. All that whole area, Idaho and and Utah, it's just amazing. Um, so you went? To, did you did when you got out of high school? Did you you got married? Sounds like like right away.
1: Yeah. So I graduated from high school in May, yeah. and I got married to my high school sweetheart in October of the Mm -hmm. same year. And I grew up very religious. So it was like, it was, it was, it was really normal, especially in the culture that I was in. And it was not abnormal at all to get married that young. And then he joined the military and we moved to Kentucky. We spent four years there. We moved to Germany. We spent three years there. We moved to Sacramento. I spent six years there. And then I moved back, uh, i moved to salt lake city and i've been here for 26 years 27 years
0: so okay kentucky yeah i'm from ohio which borders kentucky right Um, what part of kentucky were you in
1: uh so we he was stationed at fort campbell so there was a little town a little town uh on the border of kentucky called hopkinsville and then there was a a little town on the border of tennessee called clarksville yeah and the and the it was the base was right. It was actually on both on the border on both states. So right I'm there. very,
0: very familiar with it. Yeah. Um, how much of a culture shock was that?
1: Massive. But you yeah. know what? It, and I was young. I was <laughs> 20. I was 21. Uh, I was pregnant with my second baby because I had my first baby at 20 and my second at 21. Wow. And I was pregnant with my first second baby. And I'm telling you, it was a culture shock, but it was a beautiful culture shock because I went from the religious culture that I was raised in to a completely different religious culture. Um, And there wasn't a lot of diversity in Idaho. You know, there was there weren't there as far as racial diversity. It was Uh. there just wasn't a lot. So being in that setting was an it was an absolute brilliant gift to it was his, that was that was such a beautiful time in my life was raising my kids in in the south for 4 years and then actually raising them in germany too was amazing
0: and that's beautiful the the tennessee yeah. kentucky the the um um is it, i that is that the smoky mountains or the appalachian
1: I Island. oh it's been so long, I it's, don't remember. It's really
0: pretty down through it there, is
1: pretty and sure. and really humid, which I wasn't yes. used to that either. But yeah. everyone was calling you sugar, and yeah, I was just like and I and I actually had a bit of a drawl and an accent by the time I left. It was <laughs> I had to kind of work that out over the years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome though. Yeah. So then you went to Germany. Yeah. And and all this time you're a a homemaker, I'm assuming. Well, Did I you am have a job? I,
1: I started teaching uh, group fitness or you know aerobics back then when I was 18. Oh. So when I very first got married, I started oh. teaching aerobics. Wow! And I taught for 40 years. I just uh, COVID ended my teaching career because the gym I worked at went out of business. Mm. Um, but, but that was okay. 40 years. I figured I went out at the top of my game. Yeah, <laughs> No wow. one had to say, Oh, Jane should really retire now. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I, I was, but I was able to take my kids with me to the gym
0: yeah. when I
1: was teaching classes and, and it was, yeah, it was amazing.
0: Wow. So you started teaching aerobics. What, where did, uh, <laughs> where did that come from? Like that's out of the Blue right out of left field. How, how, where did, at 18 years old, you're teaching aerobics. Yeah. When did you learn aerobics? At 12?
1: Yeah. No. So, well, 18. So, what happened is oh. when I got married, me and my husband uh, moved into it before he joined the military. We moved to, to Pocatello. We were in a little rural town. We got married. We went to Pocatello and we're, yeah. well, we were both working. Yeah. And I took a class with a friend from work at the local YMCA. Okay. I took one class and I was like, Oh my gosh, this just makes my whole body sing. Really? Yeah. I just, I, I've always loved being active. I used to run my dad, my dad and mom really encouraged us to be active, but it was mostly playing outside and we would, we would run and we would hike with my dad. And, but I had this one pivotal moment of this class where there was music and there was camaraderie and there was sweating and I could feel my muscles. And I just was like, I have to do this. So I immediately found a certification and, and I got certified like wow. right away. It was just, it was an immediate light bulb moment and I never turned back. It was a career I did for, for 20 years. And then I kept going teaching even when I started that the other businesses that I did. So.
0: Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't even know where to where to start with that. So,
1: <laughs> like, there's I'm, a lot to unpack, Ken. I,
0: yeah, I've never done. um I've never done aerobics. It's not really a man's thing, though, is it? Oh,
1: au contraire!
0: Oh, come on!
1: Come on! Okay, so
0: okay, I can see my buddy James. I'm kidding. He, (laughs) I don't think he would ever do aerobics.
1: So, so is James saying true that it's not for men, or true that it is for men?
0: He said true. I think about hitting a golf ball across his state. Oh, Um, Oh, because it's such a small state um but uh, men do aerobics
1: so so that's what it was called way back in the day it really started it really kind of became group group fitness or group exercise right so the last 20 years that i taught which i was running the the herbal company i'm running now but i was teaching classes on the weekends and during the week but the last class that i taught um i was i taught that one class saturday morning for 20 years and Every Saturday, fifty people would show up. I, there were—it was a step class, so what? you know everyone has a step. And you, yeah. there's choreography. You step up and down. There's music and dancing. Yeah. It's really fun. But the class would fill up, and if, if once it got fifty people, you—I mean, people couldn't get get in. It was it was amazing. Wow. But I would say probably forty percent of it was men. Forty percent, sometimes fifty.
0: They were there to watch the women work out. So. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm ki- well i don't know but so so uh, okay uh, let's just get into it i i have i have a question <laughs> why is america and i'm not excluding myself from this statement
1: why are we so fat well we I, eat, I, we I, eat I, too much processed food ken and we don't move we don't move enough like we're designed for movement and even walking can make a huge difference but we think we deserve to have a bag of chips or a bowl of cookies or whatever we think we deserve that when we have a long hard day at work so we and and food is so accessible that we don't ever have to struggle for it you know right. what i mean we don't ever have to go get it or we don't understand really where it comes from because most of us aren't farmers most of us don't grow our own vegetables. We also don't, you know, raise our own chickens and goats and, and pigs. We don't, we don't under, I mean, there's some people who understand that, but it's so accessible and in such quantities and in such, it's so addictive. Processed food is so addictive and it's on purpose. I mean, these are things we all know. So I don't know, to me, it's, it's easy. Wait
0: a minute. I, I'm not letting that slide. Why do you say it's on purpose? Oh, you're saying that the food companies are making the food addictive Additive on purpose.
1: Really? Yes. Oh, yes. 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 A hundred
0: percent. Without naming the brand so we don't get sued, but give me an example.
1: So uh, you could go get a milkshake at any fast food restaurant and there are food scientists that literally do testing on what's going to keep you coming back for more and it's is it the right flavor so it's strawberry say it's strawberry flavored it's not real strawberries it's chemicals that are made to taste like strawberries that literally will light up a part in your brain that makes it addictive and it goes with any I i could name a thousand brands and i'm not going to name any but all all processed food is really made to there's scientists who are hired to to find out what will addict you to their foods the most potato chips cookies it doesn't matter it's i mean sugar lights up the same part of your brain that heroin does right like it's it's addictive but it's an acceptable addiction sugar you know we give someone sugar when we love them let me bake you a cake because it's your birthday let me bring you some brownies because you're feeling sick like it's an it we it's like a normal, it's become very normal to give people things that are bad for, for you. So it, but
0: okay, so that is um look what James said right there first. James is a health nut, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, why are you calling him a nut then? I'm kidding, but he's very he's he's very into working out and and yeah. um and and Health stuff. M- my wife is into all natural everything. And we have your rock star sister on here. Susie. Oh, I did. I never, I, I, I can call her Susie. Susie Q. Susie Q. That's what I call her. <laughs> I love it. So, Susan, thank you for referring your amazing sister to me, by the way. This is awesome. So, talk about, because I, I think about this like, when you mention sugar is um, addictive, right? It's addictive. Mm-hmm. It lights up the same part of the brain as heroin. I've never been a heroin addict, but I can honestly say I'm probably a sugar addict. Because when you say that, I just think, well, you know, let me grab my 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 beaver nuggets from Bucky's that have cinnamon sweetness they're just amazing. And it makes me like, just talking about it makes me want to grab one and eat that. So why, Why? how, and ha- not just why, but how do you break that? I mean, heroin is a hard habit to break, right? So yeah. sugar has to be the same level of addiction.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is, is you have to really, um well, here's what I find. People will have something happen to them, they'll get like a health scare. And sometimes that will be the trigger for them to make the change. And then sometimes people will get tired of feeling that the way they feel. And it's, I find that the older I get, the more I want to feel better. It's great, you know, to look good. But to me, it becomes about feeling good. And when I find that when I eat things that make me feel bad, it's just not worth it. And you have to go a hundred percent because a hundred percent if you want to quit eating sugar you can't go okay Well, i'm going to only eat five percent of sugar because you're you're giving yourself an out you're giving yourself um you know because when when do you use the five percent it's like oh well i'm in this situation i'm at a birthday i'm gonna have a piece of birthday cake this is my five percent but it never When are you going to measure 5% of sugar? So it's easier to do something 100% and literally unaddict yourself because there is, there is a, there's going to be a little bit of a withdrawal part, um, like with anything, but once you get out the other side, um, you can even like, I can eat a piece of birthday cake and be fine, but it's not something I crave because I'm not addicted anymore. And usually I, I, I realized that I just, I would rather not eat it anyway. So it's, it takes, well, like, you know, you could say it takes willpower, but you're putting yourself in a, just don't have the things in your house. Like those little poppy things you just showed me, they shouldn't uh, even, if you really wanted to stop eating those things or be unaddicted, they wouldn't even be in your environment. Right. Well, obviously
0: I'm not there (laughs) right now. Okay. No
1: judgment, Ken.
0: (laughs) I know. So, um, but look, I, I. I think that, I mean, this is a very interesting topic for me. Um, you know, I've had digestive issues for years, diverticulitis and mm-hmm. fun, really fun. Like what's really fun is when your your intestines gets a fever and no other part of your body does. That's really kind of special. Um, <laughs> like, it's like, wow, I didn't even know that was possible. Um, but, you know... So for the people because honestly, think just thinking about not having sugar kind of gives me a headache. <laughs> like yeah. Just thinking about it, right? Because yeah. my brain knows that it like I'm thinking about cutting off its heroin supply.
1: Yeah, you just have to really make a decision. Just make a if, if like that's I think for most people yeah. we have a desire and I know for years and years, all through my 20s I was really addicted to sugar and I had the same I had digestive problems, I was constipated. I had because we didn't get to eat that way really growing up we had sugar, but it was little bits of sugar that had yeah. to go between you know 10 kids. and so we'd never really got very much. And so when I got married and got out on my own, I had access to any food that I wanted. I could eat as much fast food, junk food, soda, and I went, I went crazy. Now I was lucky in the fact that I started seriously exercising at, at the same age. Yeah. So I was really able to keep, I never had problems with my weight, but I had serious problems with my digestion, like you just said. Yeah. And yeah. I reached a point where I was like, I I am so tired of feeling good when I'm in the gym and then feeling like total crap. Yeah. the rest of the time and I, every monday i would make it my a commitment i'm going to i'm going to eat whatever i want on the weekend and then monday i'm going to start fresh and you know how many mondays i started fresh a thousand at yeah. least you know yeah. Yeah. and then i just finally decided i i was probably i don't know 30 38 37 38 and i just i went cold turkey i went off of anything that would turn into sugar so i went off not only processed sugar like baked things but I went off pasta I stopped eating bread I literally cut out everything that could t- turn into sugar except for vegetables like corn and carrots those things have a natural sugar and fruit I kept eating yeah. That. yeah but in about three months I lost 40 pounds and I've never gained it back and I'm 62 now so oh my gosh yeah
0: wow so you don't you don't eat pasta?
1: Uh, I've eaten a lot of pasta over the years, but my I've reached a point where my body doesn't like it. So I just don't feel good. So I don't, James
0: James says
1: (laughs) choose discipline or don't. There it is. I like James, James, you're awesome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There it is. James, James,
1: don't you have something
0: you need to be doing besides watching this show? (laughs) I'm kidding. So I just, I literally just hung up with him on, on zoom. Um, so, so, okay. What is the, um, let's go back to the Germany thing. You were in Germany for three years, you said?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, and what was that like over in Germany?
1: Well, it was, it was actually amazing. I mean, again, you know, my kids were in grade school, so it's like, opening yourself to a whole new culture and realizing that people, no matter where they are in the world yeah. are just like you. They just have different cultures and different, you know, like, you know, being in Germany with all the history and the old buildings. In fact, I was really lucky because we were in Germany um, right in for the three years before the wall came down. And right before we, we moved back to the States, I was actually in Berlin with some friends uh, like a month before the Berlin wall came down. So I was, I got to see the Berlin wall and go through the whole checkpoint alpha checkpoint, Bravo checkpoint, Charlie at the wall. So, and, you know, and then of course driving to places like Switzerland or Holland was like going from one state to the other here. So we got to do a lot of traveling and this was way, way before the Euro. So every country had its own currency and it was, you know, it was brilliant. It was, I loved every day that we lived there and it it opened my kids up to, um, different cultures and it makes you a citizen of the world when you, when you do some traveling.
0: That's so awesome. And then you came back and you went to Sacramento.
1: Sacramento. And I lived there for six years. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, and then ended up back in Salt Lake Mm -hmm. and, so along the way, and all this time, you're still teaching aerobics. Yep. And and is that how you made money, I guess, is teaching aerobics? And,
1: yeah. and It's how wow. I made money and how I made friends. Like, wow. I, I had some of my best, you know, best memories of teaching classes in Kentucky and teaching classes in Germany. And uh, when I moved to Sacramento, I helped open a couple of gyms and I... It, I taught classes. I, I, I was at a point where I was teaching about 15 to 18 classes a week. It was wow. so fun. It was so fun.
0: So talk about the business that you're in right now, the herbal, herbal something.
1: Or yeah. Herb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Herbal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so my dad, and, and if Susan, you're still on, our dad, um, he was a medicinal botanist. So that means he, um, he knew how to make medicine out of plants. And that was, um, we were raised with, you know, big gardens and we had, you know, we had things around the house, around the kitchen, you know, that were experiments of stuff curing and growing. And, and, um, so this was just a a very normal part of, of our growing up. And, and then of course I got married young and moved, moved away and, Uh, my dad actually passed away 25 years ago and yeah. And his business died with him because he was a little bit underground. He did things really unconventional. Mm. It was brilliant. He was brilliant. Mm -hmm. Um, but he was, funny enough, uh, so my birthday is actually in about three weeks, so I'll be 62. My dad was 62 when he passed away. So it's been, it's a little bit surreal yeah. um, to carry on his work. I've been going for 21 years um, with, with, so I what I did is I was working in a, in a gym. I was in corporate America, uh, running a big gym here in Salt Lake, and I loved the fitness part of it, yeah. but the corporate part was, was soul crushing to me. And I was bitterly unhappy, even though I was, make, I was making a lot of money. And I just decided that I needed to be happy. And so um, I had my dad's formulas. I restarted uh, his his company. And I just had a tiny handful of people who used to buy from my dad. And I've been going, like I said, 21 years. And I have now reached a point where I formulate a lot of my own uh, herbal formulas. And it seems to be this perfect blend of my fitness background, my love of nutrition, my understanding of exercise and the way the human body works. And then you add this really amazing layer of, okay, I am having this health issue, but I don't want to take a drug. W- what can I do that's natural on the level yeah. that's going to take care of something that um, would be would most people wouldn't be confident about. Like if I get a serious viral infection or I have a parasite infection or, and I'm not talking about broken bones or getting, you know, you're not going to heal a broken bone. You need to go get it set. You know, you, there's right. things you need to use your common sense right. um, with, but there's, there's so many things that have been passed down generation to generation on an herbal level that help humans stay well. But if you think about it, there's there's no money in a human being that is not on drugs, on prescription drugs. So this is natural healing from what I have been able to witness these last 21 years especially
0: yeah
1: and seriously suppressed. but it's, yeah. but I've also seen in the last 20 years an incredible increase in people with this deep deep desire to say, I want to have the confidence and the knowledge, to take care of these things that I know that my body knows how to heal from if it gets the right tools. So, you know, I have this really beautiful formulation method when I'm making a new formula and it's, it's a huge part, due diligence of research. And then there's an inspiration piece that comes in when I go into a flow state and I literally put these herbs together in the right combinations. And uh, so that's what I do now. And I will tell you, I don't ever want to retire from it. I love it so much.
0: All right. We're going to unpack some stuff here. (laughs) I have, I told you, I have a very good friend, Justin Benton, um, who lives in California. Um, he knows a lot of people in, in the Salt Lake area and up in Idaho that he does a lot of business with, but he has a, a, CBD, That's very unique because it's just the plant and he cold presses it and and found out that by cold pressing this, that their son, who was on the severe um, um, autism scale or whatever they call that, they gave him this cold press CBD and it cured him.
1: Yeah,
0: cured, not 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 suppress the symptoms, cured it. Yeah. And and um, and he's like, dude, you, you know, all these things you can use, joint pains, all these different things. And so we have a 13 year old golden retriever and he's lived beyond what the average golden retriever. But my wife religiously gives him the CBD. Justin sends it just for our dog. And so Perfect. I believe in it. I've seen the difference. I've seen like a, the dog went from. I looked like he was getting ready to check out to not puppy stage, but you know, m- way more energy. So I love what you're doing. I love the fact, I, I know that I think that everybody, there's gotta be some sort of intuitiveness that we
1: all know, like, <laughs> right. Am I wrong about that? No, or? You're you're a hundred percent right. Intuitively, intuitively we know that we have, the ability to heal ourselves. In fact, here's a really good example. Um, In our brain, there's the uh, hypothalamus, right? And it produces certain chemicals. And one of the things it produces is a a hormone called interleukin-2. When you show the emotion of bravery, your body, that gland produces interleukin-2. And all you need to do is show the emotion of bravery. And what interleukin-2 does is it's a very powerful anti-cancer compound that your body naturally produces. And you can, you know, you can, they've, they've tried, they've actually made a chemical pharmaceutical similarity of this interleukin-2 that costs between six and $8,000 per treatment for the same thing that your body produces naturally. And think about this, when we are, when we put ourselves into a place of calmness, Our body produces a natural valium. When we are happy, we have moments of happiness, we get a burst of endorphins. So we have, just by our emotions, we can create, we have this chemical factory inside of us that knows how to heal. And talking about CBD, we have an endocannabinoid system, a receptor receptor one and receptor two that they discovered in the 1980s that we have these, We have a system that knows how to accept and to benefit from from cannabis (laughs) it's that's how we're designed and so intuitively we know that uh, but it's kind of been programmed out of us a little bit or a lot
0: and i i'm willing to talk about anything (laughs) i just don't like the platforms we're on they get they get a little sure um, yeah let's
1: be careful let's be careful
0: Uh, Well, I look. I um, I think that obviously the big um, (laughs) pharma. You know, I I mean, we're we're being. I, I think we're being lied to on a on a daily basis. We we see thousands and thousands and thousands of commercials. And, you know, you see these these ads on television for, um, and everybody sees them. I don't watch television here and there, but not, yeah. not really. Um, but, you know, if you're in a restaurant, a bar, uh, anywhere, you, you, there's commercials always playing on TV. And it seems like they're always one of these, you know, drug ads. And they, look, my wife is on here. I'll let her say it cuz she really is trust me she is on the same page as you. Um but you know I
1: we're being lied to. The matrix is real, Ken. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it still- is.
0: But we're being lied to and 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 we're not you know it's a it's the largest Money maker in the world, yeah. Like literally, it's the number one industry money wise in right. the world.
1: Well, and they lobby our politicians. They lobby everyone. And I think that once we when we realize this, and I really believe the last three years has been a great awakening for people. We were talking about this um, before we got on. Um, to to me, you know, we were raised with a fair amount of of skepticism for government and pharmaceuticals. And, yeah. you know, we were raised, we were just raised with that. And it, it was, so when all this stuff went down, I was like, Oh, here we go. Yeah. And it didn't, you know, there was never, it, I mean, to me, I'm grateful. I'm grateful the way things happen because it's, it's exposed a lot of truths that a lot of people were just sleeping through. Yeah, And, and it, it's, it's something to really uh, be grateful, be grateful for because, you know, it's it's woken a lot of people up, and that's it's wonderful. To me, that's really wonderful, and it's a huge silver lining to the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Gosh, I, I really just want to talk about it. <laughs>
1: that's okay. We could talk I'm, about I'm, it later on, on a on another on a phone call.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's go back to the um sugar addiction. And that, that has to have been by some sort of design, I would imagine as well. Um, But there's this huge sugar addiction that's causing weight problems and, and other issues. And I, I, again, I'm not excluding myself from that judgment. I happen to have some extra weight I need to lose. Um, How, how would you, like if somebody called you and said, Hey, I've got 30 or 40 pounds, I, I want to drop, but I'm addicted to sugar and I don't know what to do to get off of it. I don't know what to do to change the direction. What what would you say to them? How, how Or could you help them?
1: Well, so here's the thing. At this point, with the access to information, um, I think it's, I hate to be kind of harsh here, but I think it's kind of lame for someone to say, I don't know what to do. You know, it does take discipline, but it also takes a desire to want to be healthy and take really take control of the health that your body expresses. Because I, I really believe that right now is a super dangerous time to get ill and be in the hospital. Um, that's just my own personal opinion. Yeah. And people know what they need to do. They need to use the self-discipline to stop buying and eating the things that they know hurt them. And then they need to start exercising. And the thing is, exercise, sure, is if you're out of shape and you're overweight, exercise is uncomfortable. Yeah. But it not only helps you get healthier and fit and stronger, but it helps you build character. When you push through things that are hard, yeah. the the payoff at the end is, is extremely high. And you have to want to be healthy and fit more than you want to be sick and addicted. So you just have to have that desire and to have someone, you know, hire a personal trainer, hire a personal trainer that has a, something that they can help you with, with nutrition. Yeah. You know, hire an accountability person because um, all the things that I could tell you would be things that you already know. You know you need to eat less of this and more of this and move more, get more sleep, have less stress, you know drink more water, drink less alcohol, whatever. Like, those are all things that we all know. Right. But it's kind of like we we want someone to tell us these things, but it, it takes us. We have to go, you know what? I'm gonna just, I'm gonna do this. And no matter what situation I'm in, this is where the 100% gets easier. If you say I'm not eating sugar and it's 100%, if you go to someone's house for dinner, they're having dessert, you simply say no, because you're a hundred percent, no sugar. It's it, so you just have to make a decision. Right. That's all.
0: And, and yeah, I, 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 I agree. I agree. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I'd think about the, I, you know, I'm, I'm a recovered alcoholic with over 20 years sober and I had to make a decision one exactly. day, like, you know, um there's my buddy justin i texted him and said you got to get on here he's the, he owns the big cbd company out in california nice. um nice. i need to introduce you guys you guys would love each other um susan says glenn has a great talk about this you wouldn't wouldn't out anything but gasoline in your car because it would damage oh you wouldn't put anything mm-hmm. yeah that's, that's true. So, okay. Let me ask you this. Are you 100% plant-based? No, no. Okay.
1: I did. Uh, I was, I was a vegetarian for 12 years and then my body started craving. I started craving meat about eight years ago, eight or yeah. nine years ago. And so I'm, I'm super picky about what I eat, um, yeah. where, where it's sourced and, yeah, and, um, so no, it, and I think it, this is where I think everyone is a little bit different. We can't expect everyone to benefit from I mean, I know people who have completely turned around their health and they're on a, they're on a carnivore diet and they eat complete. That's completely meat based diet and they've gotten rid of a lot of their problems, but that's not for everyone. No. You know, there are some people who thrive on a vegetarian diet and I actually did for a long time. And then I just, I think there was nutrition that my body was missing that I could only get from a meat source. And so I'm I'm super careful. I don't eat pork. I don't eat most chicken. I'm I'm super careful.
0: I I was vegan for six months.
1: (laughs) That's a big deal. That's a big deal.
0: it, It was um it was very difficult. I mean, it was extremely difficult for me. Um, not, not as far as like, you know, uh, making the shift, I, I made the shift and, and that was easy. Um, I started having a lot of just other issues that we won't go into. I will say that being vegan for me produced a tremendous amount of flatulence. (laughs) So, I mean, a lot, so, you know, which caused other problems, but, um, you know, I think that everybody watching, you know, look, you you, you said it a minute ago, um, you've got to choose your hard, right? Mm-hmm. Is it is it hard to 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 exercise and eat right? Is I don't know, is it hard going into the hospital and dying? <laughs> you know, I mean Yeah. Like it becomes have-
1: easier though too, Ken. Like I don't feel like I have a hard life the way I eat. Yeah. I, yeah. it, it because you, because you feel so good, um, it, it, it actually, it's, it is choose your heart. Yeah. It is choose, choose your heart. So,
0: so what's the, let me put your website up here. What's the, um, if people want to learn more about what you're doing and what is it, what is the website?
1: So the website is barlowerbal.com. So B-A-R-L-O-W-H-E-R-B-A-L.com. And, wow. and one of the big things that we're super focused on is education, because uh, really, when you take care of yourself and your family using plant plant medicine, herbal medicine, um, there is a learning curve besides just things that you could go get in a health food store,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, especially the things that we do um, that go after some kind of hardcore issues. And it's really just about empowering people with knowledge. Um, yeah. So that's kind of a big, big piece of what we do. So...
0: So what are some of the, um, and this <clears throat> obviously is not, I, I, I would imagine it's not like an FDA, you, you can't cl- make claims and all that. I'm sure I, I know. No,
1: no, no. I never, I, I, I'm not a doctor. I never give medical advice. I right. basically tell people based on my experience and my own research and how I take care of myself and my family, this is what I would do. But here's the thing plants have medicinal properties, just like you were talking about with your friend with the CBD.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cannabis has properties, they're medicinal properties. And nobody has to, the FDA doesn't have to tell me that it does or approve it or,
0: you know,
1: right. it does. It just does.
0: Right. Right. So
1: it's, um, yeah. No, I don't i i'm that's why we don't we don't advertise (laughs) right really i can't i can't tell people the things um we can't do advertisements on what they do because we can't really say what they really do so this is i actually have an online herbal course that people can sign up for and then i can really teach then i can say this and i still have disclaimers i still tell people please use your common sense yeah. If you get an accident, don't try to use an herb, go to the hospital.
0: Right. So, I
1: mean, it's like you really have to use your common sense, but what's nice is I can literally teach exactly what I would do in this situation, this situation, this and it's uh it's become a very beautiful interactive community of people sharing information along with the information that I teach. So so that yeah. That is so cool. Yeah.
0: So cool. And is that accessible from the the website there?
1: Yeah. If you just put in even the word course or online course, it's called uh, be your own medicine man or woman.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so cool. So what do you think? Again, I think it's, what's it called? Cognitive dissonance.
1: Cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Where
0: yeah. We're, <laughs> we're so programmed by everything that we've heard for you. I mean, here's, here's an example. Um, they, the, the Marlboro man, (laughs) like, like there was the Marlboro man that everybody was like, Oh my God, I remember being a kid and seeing the ads and going, I want to be like him. And if I want to be like him, I got to smoke Marlboro's. And so I did for way too long. Um, (laughs) And and the 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 um, what was the cigarette for women Virginia Slim. Oh well, yeah, or, um, you know. But they advertised it, and made it look so glamorous. Meanwhile, people are dropping dead from from cancer, lung cancer from that, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so how do you how do you help people break through that? That's a real thing. I mean, being programmed to believe that you know, no, I have to go get these narcotics if I'm, or whatever it is, maybe not narcotics, but a certain, dr- I have to have that instead of, you know, the natural um, possibilities. Is, do you help people navigate that at all?
1: Mm, you know, it's kind of the same thing that goes along with trying to break a food addiction or a sugar addiction. You know, someone, uh, it's not really my job to convince somebody. Like they need to do something. I, I think that people first have to have the desire to change. Um, and, and then, and then, you know, I can do my best to give them advice on moving into the right direction with certain, cause you have to replace bad habits with something else that's going to fill you up. You know, if you just, and then make that a new habit because it is painful to take away habits that, you know, seem comforting. Someone sits down with a cigarette and a cup of coffee, you know, that is, there's a, there's a, There's a ritual to that. There's a, there's a comfort and a, you know, as human beings, we love our rituals. We love our Mm -hmm. habits. So the thing to do is to take these bad habits, go through the process of the little bit of pain, the little bit of discomfort or a lot of discomfort for some people and change the habits, change the habit Mm -hmm. into something that is going to be, you know, healthy. If you're a person who maybe thinks you drink too much coffee, I personally, don't, I, every once in a while I have a coffee, but I'm a green tea drinker, but I know people who would like to drink more green tea and want to get rid of the coffee. So you basically just start drinking green tea and, and eventually you're going to love that ritual just as much as you loved your coffee ritual. So I think you just have to, you have to have a desire, um, to change. And some people, uh, you know, I'm not here to convince anybody to do something different. If someone wants to do something different and say they are looking, they're searching and they find me and they find what we do and they start getting educated and they start being empowered, then I can throw a ton of information at them. That's going to give them a ton of tools. Um, And that's personally my favorite thing. I'm not here to talk anybody out of their cigarettes or out of their alcohol or any of that's just, you know, people have to have a desire. You have to really want, you have to want it. And, and no one's going to hold your hand through stuff. Someone there, you might be able to have people help you and support you. But, um, this is a piece of ourselves that we've just let fall by the wayside because it's so easy to be a modern human. Um, but like, like we were saying, you can have your, do your hard now and have it easy. Like as I get older, I'm telling you, I, I am not, I'm not on any drugs. I exercise every day. And I'm not trying to brag. I'm just trying to say it does, we don't have to get old and sick. We can, we can die young and healthy. We can die old and healthy. You know, I want to get to the end of my life, recognizing my kids, recognizing my grandkids, being completely clear in mind. And I want to die really old and really healthy. And there's no reason wow. everybody can't do that.
0: Wow. <laughs> That's powerful. That's really powerful. So, if you've never had a ho ho? Uh,
1: yes, I did. I used to love ding dongs in my twenties. <laughs> you know those little round chocolate. Oh, I. Ate I, I, I ate no, tons I've of never much. had. I've never had one. Oh, okay. they're delicious. They're delicious. I have. I have they're delicious I have. and addictive. But I, here's one thing: I've never had. I've never smoked a cigarette even once. Wow.
0: Yeah. Well, trust me, I made up for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
1: I, yeah. yeah. And there's plenty of stuff I've, I've, yeah. you know, yeah, I, it's not about being perfect either. Cause right. here's, so, here's something else, Ken, cause I make it sound like I eat perfect and I'm all perfect. It's not that we have to remember that we have these human bodies. We're in this experience yeah. to enjoy and we have taste buds and our sense of smell so that we can have a beautiful filet mignon with herbed butter on the top. Yes. You know, this is why we have these senses and this body because we're here to enjoy. Now, there's a difference between enjoying and abusing. Right. So I think that we need to not take out all of the beautiful, brilliant, blissful things that come along, you know, with having this human body. Like I could have a glass of red wine with the most beautiful filet. And that is a blissful experience. So I think you just have to, you just have to realize that you just don't do this every single day and you don't abuse it and you do too much of it and enjoy the experience while you're here
0: so you're the second oldest out of 14 <laughs> um yeah. which is still mind-boggling to me but out of like are you the one that gets the phone calls though when people are sick in your family like
1: they yeah call you. Well, it's a combination of me and a sister. I have a sister that's 10 years younger than me and she's a, she's in LA and she's a nurse.
0: Okay. Okay. So it
1: depends on what the situation is. Um, but yeah, 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 it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's, it's such an honor for me to carry on my dad's work and to be able to provide all of my dad's formulas plus now all the things that I've added, not just for humanity, but for my siblings. You know, this is like, Mm. this is our legacy, this, and the things that my dad did were powerful and changed the game. Like COVID hit and I'm like, "Mm, oh, well, because I have tools, I have herbal tools that are powerful antivirals. And I was like, non-pulsed. Wow. So, but that's, but that's, you know, I grew up with it and I also, that's what I do. So.
0: That's so amazing. I, I love hearing that. I absolutely love hearing that. What is the, um, and we're, we've been on here an hour. That's I know, I just noticed that. Wow. Dang. Um. <clears throat> I always ask this, I'm going to ask you this. Um, what do you think, in your opinion, and fear is the number one answer, so you, you have to do better than fear, what, in your opinion, keeps people from real financial success because money is important in this life i don't care what anybody says it's important um zig ziglar used to say money isn't everything but it does rank right up there with oxygen um so you know from real financial success and um freedom happiness joy every all the stuff that we couldn't can all have only a small percentage of of the population actually achieves it all. What do you think stops people?
1: Well, I think it's a kind of a combination of not feeling worthy, and also the the perception that there is lack and there, there's not enough for everyone. Mm. And that that is a complete untruth. And what I have found is that um, the more that I give and I realize the sheer volume of abundance that is out there for everyone. And this might, this is always a counterintuitive thought for people who've never experienced it. The more generous I am, the more I give, the more abundance flows back to me. And I think that if we realized that first of all, that there's enough, There, there is enough food, yeah. money, clothing, shelter, energy, all of that. There's enough for everyone, every yeah. single human on this planet. And that every one of us, we are a piece of God and we are worthy. We are beyond worthy of all of these things. There's no reason people should suffer in poverty, in ill health and in lack. There's So I believe that we're not worthy. We feel like we're not worthy and we feel like there's just not enough. And of course that fear thing. You know, that once you get rid of that, the world, man, the world shifts so beautifully. And then you, you start to realize that, that there are powers that be that benefit from keeping you in not just fear, but in a place of you feeling unworthy and feeling like there's never enough.
0: Amen. I couldn't have said it better myself. So true. So true. Anything else that you would like to share with the audience before we wrap this up? Is there anything that about what you do in the herbal world? And is there anything you'd like to share and, and leave the audience with?
1: Yeah, I think people need to realize that um, our human bodies are are absolutely miraculous. And when you give your body the right tools, and it's not just what you put in, like the water you drink, the food you eat, the supplements you take, all of that stuff. But it's a whole, It's there's a mindset thing as well, because there's all of epigenetics, right? There's um, the environment you put your body in and then your belief system. You, you put those into place and that's huge. And
0: yeah. then you
1: add this plenty of sleep. You add connecting with mother nature. But the thing is, is it can be overwhelming, especially if somebody has had chronic illness for a long time, suffering with um, being unable to um, sleep good, lose weight, whatever. But your body is so amazing. It can turn around so fast. Like, I don't, like, think about all the stuff we do to our body with the food we eat and all the things that we do to it. And it still survives. We still live. Right. So think about what would happen if you, all of a sudden to start putting some of these things into place and do it pretty quickly. Cause I've seen people say, I'm done with this. This life I'm having right now is BS and I want to feel good. Mm. And I'm going to make this change and this change and this change and this change. And I'm going to do that right now. Your body would explode into wellness so fast. I've seen people turn cancer around and viruses around and our bodies are amazing And they will heal so quickly. So I would just say, whatever situation you're in, whatever that may be, know that you are a healing machine on every level and have faith in that.
0: Wow. That is powerful. Y'all need to go over to BarlowHerbal.com and follow this woman everywhere (laughs) on social media where are you most active on social media
1: uh so we we are on Facebook we it's Barlow Herbal Specialties uh we're also on Instagram at Barlow Herbal. But here's one thing too that you know if some if any of this as far as learning about herbs resonates with you. We have a um 64 page booklet that I've put together um that we can send you on a PDF and it just it's a really great place to start to start learning because it's the most of the things we have could never sit on the on the shelf of a health food store, because there's a learning curve, and um, so the, 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 like I said, the goal is to educate. So I would say reach out. We have customer service at barlowherbal.com. Send us an email and will and just say, hey, can I get a copy of your catalog? And it's we'll send it on a PDF. That's a really great place to start.
0: That is really awesome. Yeah. Guarantee you, if my wife hasn't already sent that, she, <laughs> she's saying amen on here right now. So, hi,
1: Jill.
0: Uh, she, she, I guarantee you, you too. Like, she's this is her jam. This is, I like, she does the like, we buy um, all of our stuff from Melaluca, not for the network marketing part of it but just because it's all natural stuff right yeah they're and, a good company and, 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 yeah and and then we uh, she has all these <laughs> I'll never forget this she has all these oils like the little oil and bottles of oil and and I have um acid reflux so I take prilosec right you're like, why are you telling me this? No, stop that. But No, but, no judgment, Ken. I know. I know. So, <laughs> so, but we were on this trip and I had taken Pralisec, and it wasn't working. And I was in this unbelievable pain and she's like, I have an oil f- for that. I can rub on you there. And I'm driving. We're on a long drive. Like, I don't know. And, and I go just keep your witchcraft oil away from me. And
1: and. <laughs>
0: she's like okay well then you just sit there and suffer and i'm and finally i'm like all right all right all right put it on me i'll try it i'll try anything and she puts it on me and within 10 minutes it's
1: gone completely gone so let me ask you a question why do some men and then sometimes women too why do you resist
0: i don't know (laughs) I have no idea. I don't like to be wrong, maybe. I, I don't know. It's the human ego, maybe. I, I don't yeah. know. Um,
1: yeah.
0: But, you know, um, it 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 works. That's all I know. Yeah, it, it does. Mother
1: Nature is powerful.
0: And, and I love what you're doing. Guarantee you that you have a new customer with my wife so, <laughs> and me. So I, I love what you're doing. Um, and I think everybody here should go over to Barlowerbal.com, get your catalog and, and, and really start engaging with
1: what you're doing. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. It's been so nice to connect with you and get to yeah. know you. And
0: Yeah. New friend. That's right. And yeah. Susan, if you're still watching, thank you. She is, she's amazing. She's connected me with you and so many other people, Ben and, just it's amazing, amazing, amazing people. So, um, Jane, thank you so much. And, um, everybody watching, please share this out, get the word out to everybody, you know, and, um, thank you real. And James is even still on here. Wow. check it <laughs> out. He probably just sent for your catalog too. So, um, thank you, brother. I appreciate you being here. Jane, thank you so much.
1: Thanks Ken.
0: I'm very grateful that you came on today. Stay with me. I'm going to end the live stream now. But everybody watching, please share this out. My wife just signed up for your newsletter. Um, So thank you for for everyone being here. Share this out and we will see you all later. Thanks so much, Jane. Thanks, Ken. All right. Bye-bye.